everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm here with... Diamond. Yeah, buddy. And boy, are we excited to to talk about what we're going to talk about right now. We're discussing The Crow. Let's just dive on in. Yep, The Crow. How excited are you, Jason? I know this is one of your favorite movies. It's The Crow on Midnight Terrors. <laughs> you change your inflection on that every single time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying them out. Keep I it told fresh. You Keep it fresh. <laughs> I told you. Um, yes, now, how, how, how excited are you, man, to talk about The Crow? I'm stoked, man. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, dude. This um, is. Will, I've, I've thought will, long and hard about this. This might be... You've shown me a lot of movies over almost 20 years now of me knowing you and just being family well that's what i do yeah this might be my favorite one that you've ever shown me (laughs) honest to god this might be my favorite movie that you've recommended to me over the thing you didn't recommend the thing to me did i not no we talked about it a bunch so that's probably why no i knew about the thing you had seen it before i said anything yeah oh okay all right. Well, before you said anything, I don't know, but it was on my long <laughs> list to watch for a long time because I used to see the video game cover in the in the stores. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I finally found it on DVD at a local store here, I bought it and I watched it and then it we probably talked about it after that. But you probably yeah, mentioned think, it a few times think, before that telling me it was good, but I I knew about the movie before you brought it up. Yeah, I think I remember you actually telling me that. Like, yeah, I saw the cover, and then I went and bought the DVD. Or yeah, yeah, saw yeah. The DVD. Yeah, so I remember that. Anyways, okay. No, man, but, this, yeah, real no, talk, this, this might be my favorite movie that you've recommended to me. That's that's a good one to put on top of the list, man. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I will go ahead and preface this by saying that um, as, as much as I love this movie, put a cow and put a cape on the crow and this is the batman movie from the 90s that we wanted oh dude (laughs) i'm so glad you brought this up because i so sorry guys we're just diving on and there's no need to build up to this we are just excited to talk about this we're talking about the crow from 1994 one of the best movies ever and i know it's you know technically a superhero movie but it's a it's a horror movie to me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's I, it's it's that borderliner. You could argue and say that it's not a horror movie, but um, there's still a lot of gore in it, and it's like the darkest thing on the effing universe. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's been um, brought it's in. So yeah, and we're for, talking about it <laughs> for a lot of people. It's been brought into the horror universe because of the Ice Nine Kills album that we discussed, the Silver Scream. Yeah, where they did a song about it called A Grave Mistake, which if you've been watching the Instagram, I posted a video on there of me covering that song and it opened mic a couple weeks ago. Um, shameless plug. Shameless plug, dude. <laughs> Whatever we can do to get more people to the Instagram, buddy. <laughs> shameless no, plug. No, after we did um, that episode, I really like started listening to that album again and I was like, Oh man, I love that song so much, and I love covering it. I'll go play it, and well, I'll put a I'll put a video of it on our Instagram. Well, speaking of, uh, I mean, if we're going to talk about music, I mean, it, I don't know if you've listened to uh, both of the soundtracks, but well, I was re- them, upon rewatching well, it. So talking about one and two, right? Well, upon rewatching it, so I for context for everybody. I just finished rewatching this like 10 minutes ago just to rewatch it and prep for the episode. Uh, I forgot how good the movie or the movie's great. I forgot how good the soundtracks were and that's the score and the, the motion picture soundtrack. Yes. Uh, my so many good bands there. on there. Yeah. My highlight in there being uh stump double pilots over uh, nine inch nails. Uh, Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite songs. And that song by The Cure in here is really awesome too. Yeah. Um, um but what I was actually, I think I think the Stone Temple Pilot song is the only one they actually play in the movie. Um, uh there's there's a couple songs. They might have Manson. In... They have they might have Manson going in the club though. I don't know. Well, let me I'm going to pull up the soundtrack real quick just to real quick go down what all's on the soundtrack, but I do want to 
since we're on it. Yeah. But what I wanted to say real quick is when you were talking about Batman and this being a Batman movie that we wanted in the 90s. Yeah. I have to say, rewatching this, what jumped out at me immediately is just how many superhero movies that came after this were definitely inspired by The Crow. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That first Blade movie. Yeah. Definitely inspired by The Crow. Not a superhero movie, but the first Matrix yeah, <laughs> there's there's some matrix isms in here. Yeah, well, like the look. Yeah, yeah. Well, that shootout scene when uh, when Eric takes on oh. the big room full of thugs. Yeah. When he confronts uh, Top Dollar. Yeah. Yeah, it, there are plenty of superhero movies inspired by this one, I believe. So, all right, let's see soundtracks. Original motion picture soundtrack. 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 Uh, Soundtrack. Uh, We've got Burn by The Cure on here. Uh, Yeah. Don't know if I'm going to say this one right. The artist is Machines of Loving Grace, Golgotha Tenement Blues. Ooh, I don't know that one. Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilots. Yep. Nine Inch Nails did a cover of Dead Souls by Joy Division. Yep. Rage Against the Machine. Uh, did a song yep. called Darkness, which is a re-recording yep. of Darkness of Greed. Yep. Violent Femmes did Color Me Once. Uh, yes. Rollins Band did Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Rollins is actually in the movie too, which is great. Oh, are they one of the bands playing in the club? Yeah, are you familiar with uh, Henry Rollins? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay, so the Rollins Band is his band. Um, and he's in The Crow. He, it's, uh, it's a very small part. He's like a bouncer or something. Oh, okay. Oh, he was a former vocalist for uh, Black Flag. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I knew I knew him from something. I didn't know him from Rollins Band, but I definitely knew him from Black Flag. Well, if you uh, haven't listened to him, you need to. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, this shit's Hel- good. Yeah. Milk Toast by Helmet. That's a great band. Yeah, Helmet's good. The Badge, which is a cover from Poison Idea by Pantera. Yep. Uh, a band called For Love Not Lisa. Okay. Slip Slide Melting. My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult. After the Flesh. Yep. The Jesus and Mary Chain with Snake Driver. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Medicine, Time Baby 3, re-recording of Time Baby 2. And Jane Siberi. Okay. Is that how you say that? Do you know who that artist is? Jane what? Uh, S-I-B-E-R-R-Y. Oh, Sabari. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, jeez. Siberi. Uh, with a song called It Can't Rain All the Time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so fantastic uh, motion yeah, picture soundtrack good. and amazing score uh, from, yeah. from I think the, the composer's name is Graham Ravel. Yeah. Uh, who has done a shit ton of great soundtracks. Um, I know him probably best for the Idle Hands soundtrack or the theme song. Oh, okay. For that creepy song that plays at the beginning of Idle Hands. Yeah. So, yeah, he's an awesome composer. But uh, to to bring it back around and, you know, pull it together a little bit. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so The Crow, one of the best movies ever. Uh, Jason, I want to throw this to you real quick because this was a movie that I found because of you. I had never seen it. I You had told me about this movie for years no surprise there years and years and years and it was not yeah. until halloween 2016 where i was at your house and we watched this you finally got me to sit down and watch it for the first time and i was hooked so yeah i mean it's um so i want to ask you what is what was your history with this movie cuz when this movie came out i was like one and a half to 2 years old so like yeah what was it 94 94 yep yes yeah, so i was 10 um, so I, I definitely didn't see it like right when it came out. Sure. Sure. Um, 
I do remember, though, um, <laughs> a funny story a couple years later when the sequel City of Angels came out, which a lot of people shit on. Um, I mean, I don't think it's the greatest thing on the planet, but it's it's decent. I like it. Um, but anyways, uh, it was the first rated R movie that I snuck into. I think I was 11 or 12. City of Angels was the first one you snuck into? <laughs> yes, City of Angels. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to see it, and I kind of knew about the—I knew about the first one. I hadn't seen it, but my brother was dying to see it, and um, he was like, "Dude, just go up to the window and buy a kids' movie ticket, and once we're past the line, we'll just walk into it." And I was all scared. I was like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope your family already knows this story, so that you're not oh, yeah, like yeah. blowing the lid on anything. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I'm blowing the lid off of it. Um, I think they've heard this one, but yeah, I was. Keyword: I, was like, I don't think I'm blowing the lid I, off I, anything. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume there's a statute of limitations on there, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been about 20 years. I'm I'm free. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, that's just uh, it was it was funny, I, and I definitely should have not seen that movie at that age. But so you saw the uh, sequel before you saw the original. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yes. Um, but yeah, so the original, um, for sure, again, to me, when I saw it, it was a, you know, like I said, it was, it was so dark and so awesome. Like seeing that vengeance, um, and, and that's part of, you know, I'm going to compare this to Batman all day long, but understandably I mean, um, so, man, there is definitely yeah. <laughs> some, some, I mean, whatever city they're in, in this movie straight up feels like Gotham city. Yeah. I believe, I believe the first one's supposed, supposed to be or similar to New York. Okay. Um, makes sense. The second one's called city of angels. So obviously it's LA. Right. But, right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was just it, the vengeance part. Like you, you hadn't on the big screen that I can remember, or I mean, I say the big screen. I didn't see it in the theater, but I hadn't seen a movie like that where it was like a superhero, and it was a good guy, and he was dark. Yeah, and he didn't mind tearing people apart, and that was the whole point. That like they made the villain so bad or what happened to them he and you know his his fiance or whatever like what happened to them was so bad that like when you see him cutting throats and you know yeah. all this other crazy shit you're like yes like mm -hmm. this uh, this <laughs> is a seen, go ahead you haven't seen like a hero do that like not not really in in a film version somebody could probably challenge me and say that there was something earlier than that where you saw not it but. like a not like a superhero in terms of like a comic book superhero i don't think right because which the crow was the crow was a comic book right which have you read that before um i've read some early issues um because when i was working at hot topic i usually got bored and had nothing else to do but read the crow uh <laughs> <laughs> that's such a time capsule dude <laughs> I worked at Hot Topic and I was so bored. I read comic books of the crow. Yeah, pretty that much. That is the most like that is the greatest time capsule ever. <laughs> <laughs> while, but uh, while blaring Avril Lavigne on the freaking radio. But whatever. what song? <laughs> Any. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're a diehard Avril Lavigne fan. I had it. I had it on a an Avril Lavigne random mix and a Muse random mix. Um, that is such a bizarre mix. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, but that sums you up perfectly with with your interests. <laughs> like, you can go from Avril Lavigne to Muse in the same yep. playlist. <laughs> yeah, basically. And uh, my coworkers used to walk in and be like, "Oh God, all right, no more Avril, no more Avril Lavigne today." Same thing with Muse. They liked Muse, but. I played it so much they were like, dude, we gotta do something different. And I'm like, all right. That's funny. Um, um But yeah, so I, re I I read the some early issues of the book. Um 
but that was so one it's of those. A, it's a comic book series then, not like a graphic novel like Walking Dead? Correct. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Because I, um, I have not read these these comic books. I've always wanted to, but I wasn't sure if it was just like a big book that was released or if it was like a series of stories. Oh, yeah. No, they went, they went on for, for a couple of years. Um, okay, cool. I do still with, want to read them at some point, for sure. With different characters and all kind of, like, they had a run where they stuck with Eric. Uh, they had a run where they uh, stuck with a uh, second guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but... But yeah, so they they kept it going. But I, it was one of those things where I wasn't anxious to compare it to the movie um, because it wasn't the same thing. I, I mean, a lot of the same themes, the same look, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, like the storyline didn't follow at all. Like it was completely separate. Oh, sure. Yeah, I did see something about that. that the movie was very uh, different. Um, cool. I was reading before we jumped on the phone to record that. In the comic, uh, his fiance is killed by like a drunk driver. Yeah. So very, very different plot yeah. line than what happens in the movie. So if anybody listening has not seen The Crow before, spoilers, of course, um, that's the setup is that Eric Draven and his fiance, uh, Shelly, are... Um, about to be married on Halloween night and the night before on the 30th devil's night, uh, a gang of bad guys come in and destroy their apartment and, uh, rape and murder Shelly and, and push Eric out the window after he gets shot. And a year later, um, because of a story that's told about when someone dies, a crow, is believed to come and carry their soul to the underworld um, and uh, or to the other side, I guess. Um, yep. And the crow comes to Eric's grave and he's resurrected on Devil's Night the next year to exact vengeance on that gang. Yeah, so the crow um, is supposed to carry the soul to the land of the dead or yeah, I can't. I can't remember exactly how they said it. That's why I said underworld and then backpedaled. Well, land of the dead, underworld. Yeah, same thing. But yeah, um, sometimes the soul has like unfinished business, kind of like a ghost. So the crow carries that soul back to like finish, finish what they need to finish. Um, and in Eric's case, it's uh, killing and maiming everyone. Yeah, <laughs> brutal, brutal vengeance, and. Yeah. I got to say, man, just rewatching this tonight to prep for this, this movie, it's an hour and 42 minutes long. It wastes no time whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Like, we see the murder scene, and like five minutes in, Eric's back from the grave, has his flashbacks on what happened, and he is go, 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 and we get yep. right to the first fight scene with uh, Tintin. Yep. And it's just insanity from that point on yeah with Tintin it's the uh knife fight in it correct in the alley yeah um Tintin's like I got two friends introduce you to and we never miss because he throws knives at him and he hit him on devil's night a year before he actually hit him with the knife as soon as he walked in the door and holy shit dude Brandon Lee is such a badass in this movie he is um, like, and it, it's it's so sad that uh, he was able to do this and then uh, die. <laughs> I know, man. Um. Rest in peace, man. What a what an actor. Um, but man, he gives an amazing performance in this movie. And uh, you know, this is my only my third time watching it. Was me watching it for prepping for tonight? I know you've seen it many more times. But even on my third watch, man, there's just so many moments in these fight scenes uh, with Brandon where he, like, my jaw's on the floor with the way he delivers this stuff. Like, when Tintin throws that last knife at him and Brandon, or Eric, the character, catches it in his hands Mm -hmm. and then just chucks it back at him. Yeah. So badass. And it's uh, it's Tintin that's uh, 
begging him, and then he say, uh, "Victims, aren't we all?" And then shoves that last last knife into him. Yeah, um, well, we think it's the last knife, but then uh, right. <laughs> when we cut to his corpse later, uh, there's, there's like, like ten of them in, in, in his chest, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, probably my favorite scene in the movie now is right after when Eric goes to visit the pawn shop guy. Oh yeah. Uh, Pins his hand to the counter. (laughs) Yeah. And he, uh, he does that, that poetry line um, of, I heard a, like a tapping at my door. Yeah. I think he's quoting. Uh, Yeah. I was going to say he's quoting the Raven, isn't he? Yep. Yes, which made me love that scene even more because Edgar Allan Poe is my favorite writer. Um, yep. He's like, didn't you hear me rapping? <laughs> so good, man. <laughs> and um, I love whenever people are trying to, like they're about to shoot him and he's just like, you have me right here. And he like bows to to the cop, yep. which Ernie Hudson is amazing in this as well. Yep, you got um, me dead bang. As the yeah, as the buddy cop, which I forgot Ernie Hudson was in here, man. Yeah, man. And uh Candyman's in here as well as one of the the henchmen of the main villain. I'm there's one that I'm surprised that you haven't shouted out yet. Who? Um can't remember her name, but she's Yellow Ranger. Is she in this one or is she in the sequel? No, she's in the first one. What? Hold yeah, she. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I thought for sure you told me that was the sequel. Let me see. No, I think it's the first one. Let me see real quick. Power Rangers, 1993. Yep, Yellow Ranger, the Asian chick. Let's see. Sorry for the pause, everybody. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because um, uh, the main villain. No, she's in uh, City of Angels. Oh, she's in City of Angels. Okay. Yeah. Which side note? I didn't realize that City of Angels was written by David S. Goyer. Yeah. Man, that guy's done a lot of writing for a lot of good stuff. Yeah, he has. Um. Yeah. No. So, anyways, but yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people in it, and like, kind of what you were touching on, like his his line delivery, um, as he's doing this, because number one, he's absolutely enjoying it. Like, oh yeah. I I mean, he's having so much fun with it that he doesn't know what to do with himself. Well, I was gonna say um, he's he's a hero and is very much aware of what he's doing, but he's kind of lost it, man. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's kind he's of totally insane, and we love him for it. Yeah, and um, case in, case in point, when he kills um, the next henchman, uh, and the henchman like shoots him in the hand because he puts his hand yeah, over the gun and be him. like, yeah. and then he's like, yeah. oh, woo, woohoo, and it's like, yeah. he's he gets looking all, through it. Yeah, he gets a hole in his hand from a bullet, and then it like closes back up, and he's all excited about it. Yep, so good. Fun boy. Fun boy. Yes, that's what yes. that's Fun what it boy. is. Um, it took me a second too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think about it. I was like, funny man, fun man. Nope. But then you see, you see that like all of psych- all of his like psychosis and like all of his craziness. And then as soon as that happens, he takes Darla to the bathroom and he, oh, and he pushes the morphine out of her. He pushes the morphine out of her. And one of my favorite lines from any freaking movie is he says, mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. Oh, so good. Yes, yes, yes. And like, you know, so it's it's crazy and it's and it's cool because when it comes to Darla, when it comes to um, you know their adopted daughter, yep, um, yep. Right now, her name escapes me. Um, uh, but Sarah. It, yeah, Sarah. Um, but when it comes to Sarah, or when it comes to Darla, or anything that has to do with either one of them, like he's so like sympathetic and like easy and just like chilled, like 
it's like that all goes away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think one of my favorite lines in the movie comes actually before he pushes the morphine out of Darla's arm, mm-hmm. uh, which is when Funboy has just been shot in the leg. Right. And Funboy's like about to pass out. He's like, what, look what you did to my sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah, there's some there's some good ones in there. Um Yeah, dude, these cut these villains are o- like really over the top, but it just works in the world of the crow. Well, again, it's um I mean, it's you want to see him die. Um yeah. like that's the whole that's the whole point. Oh, it's you know like, what? You know um, another movie I was I was getting uh thoughts of while watching this? John Wick. Uh, you were I was about to say that. I was literally about to say. Yeah. Watch John Wick. Um, yeah, but it's the same thing. Like, I remember um, I was actually making your sister watch the first John Wick, and she sees, you know, them killing the puppy. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck are you making me watch? And I was like, just chill. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you see him taking out all these people, and I looked at your sister, and I was like, yeah, they fucked with the wrong puppy, didn't they? <laughs> like, oh, so good, dude. So good. But yeah, it's, it's, it's that same thing. Like, it's, yeah. You see someone brutalized really bad. And so when it comes time for the villains to go, like, you're just like, yes. <laughs> well, on top of that, like, he just shows, uh, Eric Draven just shows no remorse for these no. guys and no forgiveness whatsoever. No, um, not at all. Case in point, the third henchman that he kills after he gets him in the car chase scene. Yep. Uh, and he, which is where they play the stunt of violets, but go ahead. Yes. Yes. So good. <laughs> he, uh, which I got to say, man, the action and the effects in this movie hold up beautifully. Like, oh, yeah, it doesn't look dated at all. No, it's, it's all practical. Like, um, Which is saying something because this was 1994. Like we were in the era of bad CGI, so I yeah, I, com- only, I the commend the filmmakers can... for you know for d- going practical in here. The only thing that I can really pinpoint um, that kind of looked bad is when he gets shot in the hand. And he's looking yeah when the hand like, closes up, but it's so uh, yeah, but it's so it's, small but... on the screen that it's kind of hard to really hone in on it and right. it's such a quick shot too and then um like so it's a good thing that when he's like jumping the rooftops and you know kind of cruising through the city or whatever yep like the city backgrounds look like they look like backlit cardboard cutouts but it's cool yeah like, it works for the aesthetic it, yeah, with the aesthetic of what they're shooting for, it looks awesome. Like so, um, yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that you know, using that practical, uh, you know, some people might say something about it, but like, I I think it looks amazing. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, and it's just uh, it fits. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's visually stunning too. Like, obviously, the shot of of him playing the guitar on the roof in the rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. But what I was saying about him not showing remorse is that when he gets the one goon after after the car chase and he, like, duct tapes him to the seat. Yeah. And then the guy's like, yeah, we we killed some guy and a gal. It ain't nothing, man. What do you care? And he's like, wait, I've seen you before, but you can't be you. You're dead. We put you through the window. (laughs) And then yeah. <laughs> he's like, speak, why don't you fucking speak? And then Brandon Lee puts like tapes over his the, mouth, over his mouth, puts it, puts the ignition on and sends the car over into the water. But he also yeah. just puts an explosive in the guy's lap. <laughs> it's yeah. like, there's no way that you're walking out of this, dude. I know you, but you can't be you, man. Yeah, you might be able to get out of the car, but you're going to explode beforehand, so it doesn't matter. Oh, oh, and then he keeps saying, there's no coming back. There's no coming back, man. When you're dead, you're dead. There's no coming back. Yeah. 
Um, Dude, this movie is just so much fun. Well, and uh, the thing that I like about it too, you know, speaking of the killing of each henchman, you like he leaves his calling card at each one. Yeah, what, is, what all does he do? He's the first one was blood um, on the wall in the alley. The, yeah, and then the, there's one because he does one in the gasoline. He sprays or lighter fluid or whatever. And oh, he burns he it into it the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does he do for Fun Boy? Fun Boy, Fun Boy, Fun Boy. Because they, they're in an apartment. Does he leave it like yeah. on the mirror or something? I just watched it and I already can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember what he did. Um, yeah, he leaves a calling card that, at, at everyone. Yeah, at everyone, yeah. Which I love when Ernie Hudson's fighting with the other detective. <laughs> And yeah. the detective's like, what do you call that? And they point at the crow sign. He's like, I'll call it blood. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Or the first one he sees, um, he's like, it's graffiti. Yeah. Or as you um, would call it graffiti. Yep. Graffiti. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. It, and especially like that's. Um, it's a subtle way, especially when he does the, the crow made out of the fire with the lighter fluid or whatever. Yep. Um, it's kind of like that um, like that scene you see in every action movie where the main character's walking off and something's blowing up behind him. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that same thing, but very subtle. Like, he just throws it down, and then you see the crow light up, and he's walking off, and you're like, yep. motherfucker's a badass. Yeah, which, again, <laughs> I love the scene at the pawn shop where yeah. he's like, I'm going to let you live, and then he's like, tell them uh, death is coming for them tonight. Uh, mm -hmm. and he yells something back at him. He goes, is that gasoline? <laughs> is that <laughs> and gasoline then just, I smell? <laughs> yeah, and then shoots yeah. it with a with the shotgun or whatever, and it blows up the whole pawn shop. Yeah, and all the rings come out of it because he loaded all the rings down the barrel. Which that actually, oh my God, yeah, I forgot that he loads the, <laughs> the shotgun yeah, with rings, loads, with wedding yeah, rings. Up with wedding rings and jewelry. Yeah. And fires it off. I love that scene where he's looking for Shelly's uh, ring, but he's just like wrong, yeah, just wrong, up, wrong, them, yeah. nope, <laughs> and nope, then finally nope, nope. finds it. Yeah, dude, it's just it's just such a fun movie. It moves so fast, and then great villain with uh, top dollar. Oh yeah, man. And um, have you seen what I know him from? Is uh, which he's in a lot of stuff now, but. Um, have you seen the Robin Hood with Kevin Costner? Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. N parts of it, yes. Okay, well, um, he's the. Is that the one with Alan Rickman? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, I've seen parts of it, but not the whole thing. Yeah, he's the he's the sheriff's like sidekick. Oh, okay. The only other thing I've seen this guy in is Nope. Yes. Yep. And then he was in Nope recently. Yeah. Um, but he's been in a lot of shows and stuff like that. Okay. Like, yeah, he's been steady working. Yeah. You don't see him. Yeah, he's a really good actor, though. He's fantastic in here. Oh yeah, I love him. Which um, I didn't, I didn't pick up on my first two watches that he's definitely hooking up with his half sister. Yeah. <laughs> I did not ever catch that. Uh, and see, I was. That's that's the one that I thought was what was Trini? Was that the Power Rangers name? Uh, yes. See, that's the one that I thought she was, but oh, gotcha, gotcha. It's, it's not. Um, I, I'm gonna have to look it up now because it's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, uh, Trini's in the second one. I did not catch who the actress is that plays um, uh, Top Dollar's half sister. Uh-oh. What? I'm on IMDb and there's no um there's no official time date or anything like that, but they've got The Crow with Bill Skarsgård. I was going to touch on that, man, for for this episode. I was yes. going to ask you what do you think about there being a reboot? Well, I I was seeing for the longest time they were talking about Jason Momoa. Oh, were they really? I didn't hear anything yeah. about that. I knew there yeah. was a reboot coming, but they just recently announced um, Bill Skarsgård, which, 
you know, uh, we've talked well, about him, but we've I talked mean, about him before. I love him in in it. Uh, I do too. Um, he doesn't have a big role in um, Barbarian. Uh, Barbarian, yeah, but uh, he's good. Yeah, man. I, mean, I, I think I think he can do it, man. I saw some. Maybe it was just a fan photo, but I saw some some preview photo recently of him as Eric Draven and I think he can do it man I got high hopes for it hey I mean if he blows it up let him blow it up man yeah dude. I like him I'm excited and he's, he's very versatile for sure I'm I'm, like I'm excited play. man I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be good Bill Skarsgård is awesome um but yeah. uh you know we've had three sequels to this one which i've not seen the sequels i've only seen the first one um oh it was okay sorry so sorry i'm <laughs> sorry to interrupt you um no go ahead man uh but no it was by ling <clears throat> that played his uh the bad guys like chick oh, okay. um and i know her from transporter uh i was gonna say uh, that that actress is known for Definitely some other um, stuff. I believe. Oh, she, I believe she's in Lost too. Oh, is she really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because everybody, I, I think everybody complained about. <laughs> I mean, she was only in like she was only in like one or two episodes, but I think everybody complained about her being in there. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, weird. Um. But anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. I totally no, you're fine, man. You. You're fine. <laughs> um. We've been jumping all around on this episode. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to stay on track. Well, it's again, it's just fun. Like this movie's just a good time. Um, it but is. It, it's something. It's something you can sit there. Like I mean, like it's a it's a fantastic action movie. Yep. Um, and there's so much about it that's so satisfying. As you know, he's making his way through and like killing all these fuckers. Yeah. Um, well, it's a and, simple. It's a simple story too. It's like. It's just a revenge story, but it's done really, really well. Um, right. And, like, we know enough about Shelley. We know enough about Sarah that, like, the little plot points that come together about that, like, you see flashbacks of Aaron and Shelley. You, like, you genuinely feel bad for Eric. Yeah, man. I mean, and... Again, like just seeing him come back, and that's the whole thing about like not even just the first movie or the the crow kind of lore, you know, in general, kind of the story of the crow, whether it's different characters or whatever. I mean, the whole thing is, you know, some shitty stuff happens to them that's <laughs> terrible, and they come back and they get revenge, and it's yeah. It's awesome. Like you're just sitting there and you're like, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> this <is> great. <laughs> Which uh when we get to the final well, before we get to the final showdown, the whole shootout scene uh when uh Eric finally confronts Top Dollar and all of his goons. Yeah, when he yeah, <laughs> when he goes straight into the <laughs> just into straight, the <laughs> straight into the line of fire and he's like, I just want him and Top Dollar's like, Well, you can't have him. And he goes, yeah. well, then I suggest you uh, do what you're going to do. <laughs> and they just shoot him Unload. like crazy. And Top Dog was like, oh, that must have hurt. And then he's gone. And then holy shit, the one goon, when they're looking for him, and he just gets shot in the head yeah. out of nowhere, <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot all about that, man. <laughs> right, yep. Um, yeah, and then just that whole fight scene there, that's where I was really getting some Matrix vibes. Oh, yeah, uh, very when sliding down the table, firing both guns. Yeah, because yeah. all I thought about was the lobby shooting spree from the first Matrix. Right. Um. And this is years before Yeah, this the is Matrix. five years before the Matrix, so, and four years before Blade, um, a couple years before Spawn, even. Yeah. Uh, which remind well, me, side note, are you pro or against the Spawn movie from the 90s? I'm pro, man. Okay, good. Me too. Um, <laughs> I understand that it is super corny and kind of not good, but I really like it. 
It is. Um, and I mean, the biggest, the biggest part of watching it and it doesn't age well because. Well, that CGI. C- that CGI that I mentioned from the nineties was, uh, yeah. was peak when we got to spawn. Like some, I mean, like some of it like looked fine. Like, I mean, yeah. like I, I thought his cape looked really cool. You know, because yeah. it moved by itself. Well, so I have uh, a funny story about Spawn, actually. Okay. Um, so I think my love of all things just weird and dark and horror-related probably started with uh, early things like Spawn. Because when I was a kid, I went to... When I used to live out in California... I would collect, you know, like Pokemon cards and like just little collectibles and things like that. And I would go into comic book stores. And when I went into some store, I saw a really good um, collectible of the Violator from Spawn. Yeah, and I'm sure it was probably one of McFarlane's toys. Probably, yeah. Uh, It was definitely in the 90s, so it was definitely a... um, uh, like a like an like an older really vintage right. one, yeah. And I was so, I didn't know what it was. So, probably um, was it before the movie? You think? Because uh, McFarland started releasing all of his really badass acted figures along with his comics. Um, what what year was the movie? Um, here I can pull it up real quick. Okay. Um, interesting fact. While I'm looking, um. <laughs> I'm watching the <laughs> opening credits of the second corrupt movie, and Thomas Jane is in here. Oh, yeah, I remember you were saying that Thomas Jane shows up in there. And that's funny because of what we're discussing what next week. Next. <laughs> <laughs> you can just guess on that, listeners, what we're going to talk about next week. Thomas Jane is your hint. Um, so you were asking what year Spawn was? Yeah, the movie? Yeah, it was 97. Okay. Um, I remember seeing it in theater. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so actually, um, our uh, youth minister at the time um, <laughs> at my dad's church was a huge, huge comic book fan. Um, oh, okay. And he loved Spawn, and so... Um, you know, Spawn, you know, before Spider-Man, before, uh, Blade, before, you know, any of those early, yeah, dude, even, even before the Superman, you know, like, I mean, it was early comic book. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing it. We loved it. I mean, I still like watching it. And again, yeah, some of the, um, (laughs) especially Mount Bolgia, um, (laughs) Some of the, uh, yeah, so it some probably of the special effects are pretty bad. Yeah, so it was probably right around when the movie came out then. Um, but I remember just being super captivated by that figure of the Violator, and I was just like, "What is this? This looks so awesome!" And I wanted, oh, and-, and I wanted that toy so badly, and my my mom would just <laughs> was just not having it. Uh, but somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, like she would not let me have the Violator toy. Uh, and so, but well, somewhere, why was, she, why was she? Do you remember why she didn't like it? Or she probably just thought I was too young to like stuff like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, because I mean, I, I I only asked because I I remember things like that when I was a kid. Right. Well, father, if, I didn't. If I, I didn't mentioned before. I'm a preacher's kid. Right. Um, <laughs> well, the Violator was what showed. Like, I did not know what Spawn was. I saw that toy, and that's how I found out about Spawn. And then later, when I got a little bit older, I rented VHS copies of the Spawn animated movie or show or whatever that was. Oh yeah, they came on HBO. It yeah, was all and dumb. I I don't know why I was allowed to watch that, <laughs> but um. I watched that as a kid, and then I saw parts of the movie. I remember seeing that trailer a bunch, uh, and I remember seeing uh, John Leguizamo as um, the Violator and the Clown. Yep. And hearing his line of like, "Destroy the entire cosmos first. Ask questions later." 
And yeah. so like that trailer is so burned into my head and I saw the violator on the big screen. I was like, oh, I got to see that. And I didn't see it until years later. But the reason I brought that up was because, you know, Spawn was around the time of the crow. Uh, and had I seen the crow or like just pictures of Eric Draven at the time, I was kind of drawn yeah. to that when I was a kid and I liked darker stuff like the violator um and that's one thing i think that's overlooked a lot in the 90s is that the 90s was like a fun time but it's where yeah. things started to go a little bit darker and i think the crow is a great example of that if not the best example absolutely and i think its tone absolutely rubbed off on other movies that came later oh yeah for sure like there were there were people trying to well, and of course, with all of their <laughs> sequels that they tried to keep going with, <laughs> which yeah. were bad, other other than the second one. Which we will, spoiler alert, we will do an episode on that somewhere down the road, because when I went to go watch The Crow tonight on Paramount, uh, City of Angels is on there, which is what Jason's watching it on. I will watch that, because I've never seen it, and we are going to do an episode on that at some point, but... uh yeah, man, The Crow, the original, is just a classic at this point, and it's got a huge cult following for good reason. Um, yeah, and it was one of those, actually, like, when it came out, um, you know, in the theaters and everything, like, it didn't, it didn't really pop off well. It didn't do very well at the box office, but... But it found um, its audience. Yeah, when it hit DVD... <clears throat> VHS at the time. Yes. <laughs> <At that point. laughs> no DVD um, it, yet, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it, it you know it blew up huge. Yeah, um, and <clears throat> it obviously has a huge, huge following, um, especially for the first one. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I do think that um, not in the sense of like it needs to be rebooted because the first one's bad or anything, because it's definitely not. But if anything right. could have a good remake done, I do think that The Crow could be, you know, in in the wake of like Halloween 2018, where it's one of those requels. Yeah, because, I mean, if they do another movie with with the way the series and the and the books are set up, like it's it doesn't have to be Eric Draven. Like, no, they could do another do they could do yeah, another just, person. You can do somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, like I said before, I think Bill Skarsgård could do a great job because um, he's just he's just a good he's a great actor. So I think that um, he can he can do just about anything. I um, I think especially for a role in this sounds kind of silly, but um, a role where he's got to act through a lot of makeup. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I mean, he can he can wear that makeup and that outfit and yeah like i said man check out the um, very well the teaser photo he looks pretty solid on it so um well the, the only thing that bothers me about it is that um you know those those movies that have been just limbo forever um yeah i know they've been trying to do the crow well now supposedly it either just started shooting or like just wrapped shooting uh, oh, okay. or, so or pre-production, okay. so it seems to be moving forward. Okay, um, yeah, I could, I could be I wrong mean, on where it is in the filming process, but it's it supposedly got a green light. Um, I, think, I can't remember. I can't remember who the Jason Momoa was. Like the second person that they mentioned, and there was someone before that, and I cannot remember for the life of me who it was i'm gonna see if uh if google provides like a list of people that were up for that role let's see yeah because let's see let's see let's see holy shit i can't believe it's already been 50 minutes of talking about this movie uh, yeah yeah um it goes, and, uh, it goes by quick maybe it was maybe it was dicaprio no let's see okay it is a remake um Ah, here we go. Um, people that were looked at to be Eric Draven. So it is going to be Eric Draven. Right, um, that's what they're saying. Yeah, it's going to be Eric Draven. They were initially looking at Jason Momoa, yes. Mm -hmm. Bradley Cooper. 
Mm, I don't think I heard that one. Who else? Luke Evans. Uh, yeah, maybe that was the one that I saw. And uh, Jack Huston. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, I think that's how you say his name. H-U-S-T-O-N. Houston, uh, Huston. Yeah, something like that. He's from uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, okay. I He's gotcha. also in a season of uh, Fargo. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, of those choices, I mean, I really do like uh, Luke Evans. Um, yeah. But of those choices, I definitely think that um, Bill I got Skarsgård. Excited about Momoa. <laughs> What's up? I said I got excited about Momoa. Like did, I thought. Did you? When they were talking about it, yeah, I was like a word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't really seen anything of Jason Momoa out because I've not seen Aquaman. I've only seen the two cuts of Justice League, so I don't really know anything about Jason Momoa. Oh, you should you should watch Aquaman. I know. I'm, gu- I'm gonna. Uh, I mostly want to watch it because my boy Patrick Wilson's in it. Yep. Uh, and he's one of my favorite actors ever since Insidious yep. and The Conjuring. Um, and yes, I yep, know you I want like me to watch too. Watchmen because of him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, he is a great depiction of the owl. You know, if someone told me that The Crow was a DC property, I would absolutely believe it. Yeah. It's very much... Uh, in that vein. Um, I want to say, which we can probably look it up. I want to say it was dark horse. Uh, dark horse. Dark horse did a lot of that kind of stuff. That sounds about right. Dark horse comics, right? Yeah. Let's see the crow. Google on my phone is probably like, why are you looking at the crow so much? Oh, I've forgotten the second one that, um, it's his son that dies. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. I'm giving shit away. <laughs> <laughs> no Sorry. worries, man. I figured it's a revenge <laughs> film. It's fine. Uh, let's see. This was... Series publication. Would it be under publisher? Yeah. Uh, caliber... Press, Kitchen Sink Press, Image Comics, IDW Publishing. That doesn't. Image, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Image makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool, man. Not Dark Horse. Well, like uh, I thought, but makes sense. Yeah. As you were bringing up Batman, too, the, the most recent Batman that we had gotten before this movie, before The Crow came out, was Batman Returns. Right. Uh, and then a year later, after which, The Crow, we got um, Batman Forever, yeah. which I enjoy. <laughs> which, like I said, hey, I do too. You know, a lot of people hate on it, but I actually like Batman Forever And then as well. Batman and Robin is bad, but it is purely nostalgic for me. Uh, uh, ugh, I can't even <laughs> You got to remember, Jason, I was like six when Batman and Robin yeah, came well, out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, I, yeah. I was I all about it when I was a kid, but I understand completely that it's not good. Yeah. Um, but but that was kind of like I was saying, like this, you know, at, at the beginning of the podcast, I was saying, like, you know, in the 90s, had you put a cape and cowl on him, it would have been the Batman that we wanted. <laughs> yeah. And I, well, I feel like the, the newest Batman, the Batman, um, with Robert Pattinson, I feel like it... Oh, very crow esque. Right. Yeah, that is, new Gotham yeah. City looks straight out of the crow for sure. Yeah, and even him, um, you know, saying at the beginning when they ask who he is, you know, you're vengeance. expecting I'm, I'm Batman, but he's like, <laughs> no, I'm vengeance. Yeah, because that's what the, all of them said. Even Christian Bale, like, I'm Batman. Yeah. Like, who are you? Like, yeah, motherfucker. (laughs) You're talking about Robert Pattinson saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Because he beats the shit out of that dude. Like, (laughs) dude, that might be my favorite Batman introduction in any of the movies now. It's awesome because he he doesn't even, um, you know, he doesn't glide in. No, nope. he just walks down the. Yeah, you just you just hear the footsteps coming. You just hear the step. Yeah, step, so ominous. Step. It's definitely yeah. my third favorite Batman. Uh, okay. 
not not third favorite Batman behind actor, it. but third favorite Batman movie. Behind what the two Christopher Nolan ones? Yeah, Dark Knight is number one. Dark Knight Rises is still number two for me, and then The Batman is number three. Oh come on, man! You got to give some love to Begins. I do love Batman Begins, but I'd, I'd probably watch the Batman before I put on Begins. <laughs> well, and <laughs> but that's a Everybody. but you got to remember that's a tough flip flop there. Like they could easily flip flop any day, but I do fucking love Batman Begins. Yeah, well, and um, even the Batman movies, since we're talking about the Crow, um, especially <laughs> are we? Because I feel like we switched over to a Batman yeah, switched, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are <laughs> talking about the Crow on this. I know, episode. I know. Uh, <laughs> so we say but, uh, there is a scene i won't i won't ruin anything for you but there there is a scene in in the second crow when you watch the end you'll be like whoa batman totally janked that <laughs> <laughs> no man i def you know as much as batman is influential i think it's fitting that we're talking about it because i honestly think that the crow for being a little cult film is uh, well not little but like a you know more like a cult classic at this point yeah is definitely well, very time, influential, especially for any anti-heroes, you know? Yeah, especially, yeah. And, it, you know, everybody, you know, talks about the the explosion of the, you know, superhero films or the Marvel films. And, you know, people are like, oh, there was a, a lot of people reference, uh, you know, X-Men. And yeah, most people mention Blade as the first comic book character done really right aside from tim burton's batman right blade and um well i mean right before the actual like the 89 batman like nobody was well it it kind of started a conversation about superhero movies but it didn't really it didn't really take off at that time it wasn't until um you got like spider-man well yeah the early 2000s was the Uh, yeah which when everything like kind of took off and X-Men. Well, well um, I was going to say, which side note, I understand that Spider-Man was definitely the more commercial of the two. Right. But like, if you're going to talk about the early boom of the, the superhero genre, like Brian Singer's first X-Men movie all the way. Yeah. That's when, that's when, you know, everybody, including myself, I was like, you know, see, it can be done well. Yeah, <laughs> like, which you which, can make a superhero movie and it be cool. Uh, yeah, you know? which which funny story about that first X Men movie? Um, when it came out, I wanted to see it in theaters so badly because I fucking loved the '90s cartoon of X Men. Oh yeah, and watched it religiously. I was a Wolverine fanatic. I and did when too. I, I love that show. So good. And when I saw that there was a movie made, I wanted to see it so badly. Problem is, at, when it came out, I was like six or seven, maybe. Seven or uh-huh. eight, something like that. Mystique in that movie scared the shit out of me <laughs> in the trailer. I was so That's scared funny. of her. Like Her yellow eyes just freaked me out. And I would not go see it in the theater because I was too scared of her. And my sister, Heather, actually was willing to go with me to the theater to see it. She's like, no, I saw it. You'll love it. It's so good. You got to see it. I said, I can't do it, Heather. I can't do it. Let's go see Chicken Run instead. (laughs) (laughs) And we were standing outside the theater for like half an hour debating about going to see X-Men. And finally I said, no, let's go see Chicken Run. (laughs) So... But yeah, man, Brian Singer's first X-Men movie doesn't get enough cred for the early boom of superhero movies being good. No, and say, I mean, the whole, the whole point of that, like, it's just that, you know, people kind of look back and say, like, um, there were no good superhero movies before, you know, Spider-Man or X-Men. or Absolutely like, not. They, they were yeah. definitely yeah. good ones. And I think that The Crow is one that deserves a lot yeah. more love. And it's um, a comic book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, you know what actually makes me excited about that remake with Bill Skarsgård is that I think that enough people know about the cult following for The Crow that when the remake comes out, I think a lot of people are going to probably flock to the theater oh, to go yeah. see it or they're going to go back and watch the first one because they've never seen it. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, it's from the original. Um, like, I'm glad that they know. got a, a big name actor like Bill Skarsgård to do it because it's going to bring more people to the theater. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, ho- hopefully they, it'll bring a whole lot more love to The Crow. And hopefully it's it's actually good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I'm sure... Like I said, when those movies sit in limbo like that, like they <laughs> go through several directors, several writers, and several, you know, main actors as the lead. And yeah, man, you know, when they switch and switch and switch and they're talking about it for 10 years, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the time <laughs> when you get the final product, you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but hopefully uh, if they're going to, you know, no, do it, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be good. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure we'll do I'm an episode on right. it when it comes out. Absolutely. But, uh, well, yeah, cool, I, man. Think I'm, I think I'm good. Um, obviously crow amazing. Amazing. Paved the way for, One of my favorite movies now. So thank you, Jason. For a lot of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, it paved a way for a lot of different movies and different styles of movies. Um, yeah, again, just, I, I appreciate that in 1994, this movie was just not afraid to go as dark as it did. Yeah, and I mean, even even looking more modern, like um, you know, if you've seen Sin City, um, oh yeah, it, it takes a. I mean, uh, obviously, Sin City is its own thing, but uh, but you know, like when when you're watching the movie, like it's very, it's just that dark noir feel right. to it. And, oh, you and, know, you know what other movie I was going to bring up earlier that definitely takes influence from this movie. Um, Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Um, very dark, very noir. Yep. Yeah, but Daredevil has so many scenes of like, you know, Daredevil on a gargoyle or standing or out in the rain with the lightning. Hanging off of the cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I thought of. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, dude, I agree with you. The Crow is an amazing movie and uh I'm glad I rewatched it and I'm glad we did an episode on it just to celebrate it. And, uh, yeah, everybody also go listen to a great mistake by ice nine kills. It's such a good song, but, uh, and pick up both crow soundtracks or download. Yeah, it dude, I'll be listening like, to that after we're done recording. Probably. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, little and which, final fact, um, the first time that I heard, uh, the song gold dust woman, which is actually a Fleetwood Mac song. First time I ever heard it was on the Crow 2 soundtrack, and it's when Courtney Love and Hole covered it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But it was a great cover. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. Um, But there you go. So Sweet. Soundtrack greatness on both. Yeah, man. I'll be excited to listen to those. And I do want to say something really quick. Um, We've touched on Batman so much on here. I just want to verbally say rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Uh, Yes. The greatest Batman the greatest Batman ever. Uh, he will always be the Batman. Yep. Um, and if you don't know who Kevin Conroy is, uh, go shoot yourself. Um, <laughs> don't say that, Jason. <laughs> or, or, or you could just watch the original Batman animated series. Um, you know, of those two choices, <laughs> like I think is a pretty easy answer to that. Don't listen to Jason, yeah, just guys. Go, just go. Go watch the Batman animated Yeah, series. don't listen to Jason, guys. And fu- play the Batman games. You fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, no thank you. for not knowing who Kevin Conroy is. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but don't don't shoot yourself, please. Don't. <laughs> don't do that. All right, guys. We're obviously just kidding around. Um, but that is our discussion on The Crow. Thank you guys very much for listening. Get in touch with us on Instagram and Facebook, Midnight Terrors Podcast. Our email address, midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. I don't say this enough, but leave us a review on uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let us know what you think of the show and you know help us get out there a little more and tell people whether you like us or not. Um, yeah, please, and, and suggestions too. Like, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. We we kind of pick what we want to do for the week, but like if, if you're listening or you like to listen and you have something that you want to hear us talk about, um, you know, let us know. And we yeah. have, uh, we have some cool little surprises coming up too with some collaborations and stuff like that. So yes, sir. 
so keep, excited for keep that. Keep ears and eyes open. Yeah, Midnight Terrors is going to have a party uh, for this last these last like six weeks of 2022, um, and we're excited for December for sure. Um, and we have another one of our favorite movies coming up for next week's episode. Again, your hint, Thomas Jane. Uh, so, so we will be back next Sunday with another episode of Midnight Terrors. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Peace. Have a good night. And this has been Midnight Terrors. Yes. Yes.